You're listening to the PCAST presented by CDE Light Band. Each week we take you around Austin the Athletics Department, occasionally the OVC, thanks to our good friends at CDE. I am Colby Wilson. He is Casey Kirk. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin podcast. Not as coherent as we'd like to be, but still here and still going on behalf of you, the loyal legion. Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. Let's get into it. Last week, not a bad little week as far as success goes around here. No, yeah, good week. Good week. A lot of basketball. A lot of basketball. A lot of basketball. A lot of wins. A lot of other sports for the first time in Uh a hot minute. We will start with men's basketball shorthanded due to some COVID-19 concerns. The governor still managed to split on the week, defeating Tennessee Tech before giving Jacksonville State everything they could handle in Saturday's loss. Uh, Positives, obviously, some guys had to step up, come into their own a little bit with a shorthanded bench. Uh, loved what Mike Pete gave us last week, both games. Thought he was very, very good. Um, the next time you catch me saying something bad about Terry Taylor will be the first. Uh, Chino Piaz still leading that offense. I mean, some guys were por- born to play point guard. Chino's one of them. Jordan Adams back. Jordan Adams back. Jordan Adams scoring. Don't hate that. No, you love, you love to see it. It is one thing that one well and truly loves to see. Another thing people well and truly love to see, Terry Taylor. On all of the midseason ones. All of them. All of them. Pick one, he's on it. Lou Henson Award, check. Lou Dolson Award, check. Jerry West Award, check. Is that it? That's it so far, but, you know, the, the honors can still roll in. It's good. It's good. Women's team had a good week, too. Very good week. Uh, two and one, I believe. Two and one. Got a win against uh, one against Jacksonville State. Beat Murray on Monday night. They dropped Thursday game to Tennessee Tech. It's a good Tennessee Tech squad. Pretty uh, good Tennessee Tech team. But uh, Jacksonville State's a good win too. They're right there on pace with Tennessee Tech. That's a big win. The Govs are sitting in third place. That Jacksonville State game. Shy Booker, first Austin P governor on the women's first player on this year's women's team to have a double double in their Austin P career, and the first player since Ariel Gonzalez Varner. Last January to record a double double for the Govs. Follow that up with what, it was a nine for nine. Yeah, you follow that up with her going eighteen points, nine for nine from the floor against Murray State. Match the single game field goal percentage record, tying Tiara Banks and Jerlanda Harden. That Jerlanda Harden, good company, good two, company to be in you, right there. You, you, you've got uh, uh, you've got two OVC, the, two OVC players of the year, two OVC player of the year, two of the greats to ever do it here. That's company you'll take if you're shy Booker. Also, also let's not forget four straight wins against Murray State for the women's team. Back-to-back season sweeps, wins in five out of the last six, and six straight wins against the Racers in the Winfield Dunn Center. Good? Oh, that's good. That's good. You hate to see it if you're Murray State. You do hate to see it if you're Murray State. Another thing you hate to see if you're a Don't Stop opponent, the women's dynasty. The women's dynasty. down. Holy buckets. Uh, they, played, they, used, they played a Central Arkansas team that was sitting at 0-5 in the season, but I think they played some really tough competition because the girls went out and got the doubles point pretty uh pretty quick it and then didn't get any easier in terms of competition no, for Central Arkansas that's for sure no they got that they got the doubles point the Govs did so they took an early lead then Fabian Schmidt won in the one lost a couple of the middle matches there in singles play um, Martina with a big win in the number four spot to get the Govs to three points and then uh, Alex Pavlovich came in clutch with a win in the five spot and the, fi- the final match on the court it was three to three she got a big win in that five spot secured the victory for the Govs and I mean like clockwork Ross Brown squads want to know again. Like clockwork. Pretty much say that all the time about the women's tennis program here at Austin B. They're going to get those W's. Lots of W's, not a lot of L's. Talk more about them here in a little bit. Cross country got its start last weekend in Nashville at the Belmont opener. I mean, when you say cross country got its start, 
it's hard to put into exact words exactly how long it's been, but uh, 449 days since the last cross-country race. That is a lot. That I is a long time. I tennis was a lot, and they were 331 days. Yeah, once we get to... Uh, once we get to soccer, you're you're looking. It's gonna be a minute. It's gonna be a hot minute, but uh, for a first for a first rattle out of the box in over a year, not too shabby down at Belmont. Uh, Sarah Martin, I thought was very impressive. Broke 20 minutes in the 5K for the first time in her career. Earned her second career top 40 in the Belmont opener. Uh, a name to watch for the Governors going forward this season. No names to see on the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot. Not a one. Not a name in sight. Uh, it's just, it's so bad. Baseball's killing itself. And, I mean, it's just self-inflicted gunshot wounds again and again. It's Be- the only sport that seems to intentionally take a shotgun to its own toes. I mean, it's not voting people into the Hall of Fame. It's blacking out games. It's can't tweet video clips. No fun on social media. You it's, throw they it just t- decided this week that they weren't going to have the DH and the NL this year. This week, training camp, spring training opens in like less than a month. This, I mean, the Hall of Fame voting really annoys me. I the the BBWA is a serious problem that's ruining baseball. Well, it's ruining one. It's institution. ruining the Hall of Fame. It's ruining one institution of baseball because it's almost never gotten it right in its nearly the, hundred the, years. These history. writers, Tom Verducci in specific. I mean, he, did you see that video he put out on MLB Network? That he said the weight of history is heavy in your hands, dude. You're voting for baseball players. You're not. You're not fighting in World War II against the Nazis, Tom. I wonder if Tom Verducci takes it that seriously when he heads into like an actual voting booth to cast his ballot for the next leaders of this country, like. And then, and then he put out an article yesterday. He said the Hall of Fame process isn't vote, or the Hall of Fame voting process isn't broken just because people don't like it. No, it's been broken for longer, Tom. The process is broken. It's uh, it's not good. You can't have fourteen blank ballot, fourteen blank ballot ballots. And if you look at next year's class, it's not getting better. If they're not going to vote for Bonds, Clemens, they're not going to vote for A Rod. They're not going to vote for David Ortiz, and. There's nobody next year. I mean, unless Schilling sneaks in. They're going to vote for Ortiz next year. You think they're going to vote for Ortiz? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so you're telling me David Ortiz gets in. I don't think he does. Um, if, I mean, if they don't vote for Ortiz, nobody gets in next year again. Yeah, Schilling, won't, Schilling, Bonds, and Clemens won't get in. A-Rod won't get in. Ortiz is the only one with a chance. Todd Helton and Roland aren't going to get there yet. Andrew Jones isn't going to get there. Andrew Jones is a weird for me. I understand, like, the Braves fans think he's – for me, it's the, it's the, I mean, sheer cliff he just fell off of when he hit thirty. That happens to some guys sometimes. I mean, I can see the, I can see the argument for Andrew Jones, but I can also see the argument against Andrew Jones. Like I'm not, no side has locked me into an Andrew Jones stance yet. I'm willing to be persuaded either way. I've come around on it because I think that he's gotten there as, as. Defensive statistics to continue to be redefined. It starts to really amp his value up. If you had to, to rank Roland Jones and Helton, what's your order? I think Roland's one. Yeah, I think that I think you did the order right. Roland Jones, Helton. Okay, I think it's Helton ahead of him, but I'm a Todd Helton guy, so I think if you're going to penalize Andrew Jones because his career fell off a cliff, right? You could you, make the same. You got to kind of Helton. penalize Helton because he played in the hitters' park his and like the hitters' park his entire career. I had people trying to tell me to, like people were just like Scott Rule, we're near a Hall of Famer. I was like, you people need to shut up. I mean, he's he, one of the best third basemen of all time. 
That's a little strong. Third base is a very underrepresented position in the Hall of Fame. When you look at that, well, that is true. Yes, that's how I get to that argument. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, we'll see if Verducci and the boys keep shooting themselves in the foot and ruining baseball, and then blaming everyone else. Again, it's not ruining baseball. It's ruining, ruining the Hall of Fame. It's ruining a thing that, by its very definition, has been bad almost since the day it was instituted. Well, and then I mean, it's really just the problem is the writers trying to play the moral police of the world instead of baseball writers. Yeah, it is. Vote for baseball players. Don't, like, I don't know. Well, it's it's weird that, like, Ty Cobb is widely renowned for being a bigoted racist. Always has been. Was a, no doubt about it. Terrible person, according to all accounts. Was a no doubt about it Hall of Famer when the Hall of Fame was instituted. And somewhere along the way, it's become... Well, no, he's also got to be a good person, too. Well, okay, fine. If we got to do it that way, then we just cap the Hall of Fame at, like, 100, 120, whatever the number you want to do it is, and then start voting out all the bad people who are in it. Right. You're going to lose a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, if that's how you want to do it, do it that way. But this, oh, well, we're going to redefine morality now, I don't think works very well. It's baseball, and the fans want to see the best players in the Hall of Fame. If I, I guarantee a fan vote puts Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, all of them in. I mean, quite a bit. I don't, I don't, I don't put, I put Bonds in because Bonds was the greatest baseball player I ever saw before he ever considered touching whatever he touched. I think there should be, so the BBWA has the, you have to be a beat writer for 10 years before you can get your voting card Mm -hmm. for the Hall of Fame. I think there should be a cap, like. There should be a limit to where when you there there should be because like, there guys Peter Gammons is ninety. He looks like he's about to die when he has an ESPN hit, and he's still voting. Well, he's also still involved with baseball too. So the ones that bother me are the people that don't cover baseball anymore, right, but they still have their BBWA <laughs> yeah. card. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. It should uh, the BB, it, the process is broken. Tom, you're wrong. If you'd like to come on and discuss, let us know. The process is is not very good. It's always not been very good because these are people voting for people who. Without a, a true definite, but vote for the best baseball players got muddled into vote for the best baseball players slash people divided by, and it's stupid. It's very dumb. I would have Bonds. I would not have Clemens. I would not have Schilling. I would not have Schilling not because he's a bigot. He's totally a bigot. I just didn't think he was that good. I. It's the same argument I had against Jack Morris. Like, eh, you know what? He's fine. He's not. I think Schilling's better than Jack Morris. Yes, exactly. He is. And if Jack Morris is in the Hall of Fame, see, they all three have my vote. See, that's that's the problem. I wouldn't have voted for Jack Morris. I also wouldn't vote for Schilling for the same reason. He was to me, he was Hall of Very Good, not Hall of Fame. Uh, they're all three in for me, and so are A Rod and Ortiz next year. Clem- Clemens, I'm out on because I, you know, I've talked about it before. He's his career was clearly careening towards a cliff, and then he started getting some help, and then all of a sudden he was back to winning Cy Young awards. My, it doesn't bother me because all the hitters he was facing were doing it too. Yeah, I guess maybe I. Yeah, you know what? Let all the druggies in. I don't care. Put A Rod in next year too. A Rod deserves it. <laughs> I mean, whatever, man. A Rod. Steroids don't bother me anymore. It's, put in McGuire. Put in Sosa. Put them all in. I just don't. They don't bother me. I, I'm looking forward to not having eventually to make these stupid, spurious arguments anymore. If you want to read a good article on the Athletic, there's the. Um, Top 100 Hall of Famers who didn't make the Hall of Fame. Uh, I forget who wrote it. Posnanski. Posnanski. It. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. He writes like the Hall of Fame plaque for all 100 guys that didn't make it. But my favorite part was he took the 10 active players who he's locking in as Hall of Famers and he wrote their plaques. And they're pretty. They're really interesting. They're like he wrote. One I for, didn't see that. I'm gonna. Have it's to go on look the. It's that. on the main page of the article. He wrote one for Trout and Verlander and Kershaw and Scherzer. The Scherzer one ends with 
One of his eyes is blue. One of his eyes is brown, which I think was a kind of cool way to end it. I suppose so. It was a good one. It was. It's really. It's really well written. Right. W- really well written. Your W's and R's are having a time today, aren't it's they? It's really well written, and I recommend you all go read it. I recommend you all stick around for a few more minutes and listen to us talk to Justin Lowe of the Austin Sports Forum right after this. performance program over the last month or so from daniel disney to sam schmitz and now justin lowe who could squat the combined weight of disney and sam and probably still have room for an offensive lineman on the bar justin helped the guys earn a title in 2019 and he's seen a lot during his time in clarksville hopefully enough to prepare him for the pcast justin how are you today i'm doing great how are you i'm doing good so let's start with the basics where are you from I'm from a town called Friendswood, Texas, which is uh, between Houston and Galveston. Um, lived there most of my life. Went to, ended up going to, to college around home uh, in Houston. And then now here I am in Tennessee. How'd you wind up here? So I got here. So when I was a student at the University of Houston, I uh, interned with the uh, football and uh, baseball team there. So that's how I met. Uh, Chris Campbell, which is now obviously my boss here. So when he had um, took this job and had an assistant spot uh, open up, he hired me and brought me along. And what is your background as far as collegiate athletics? Uh, I know you've you've been a few different places, D uh, three football, Houston, Morningside. Just kind of give me the 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 basics and the background. Right. So. Played, played everything as a, you know, as a young kid in junior high and all that. Um, in high school, played football, was pretty, pretty decent. Got looks uh, from a bunch of smaller schools, like every, every D3 in Texas and a bunch of, a few, you know, preferred walk-ons from some little bigger schools, some D1 AA's and stuff like that. Um, I ended up deciding to go uh, to Mary Harden Baylor, which is a D3, D3 school in Texas. Um, I went to play football didn't work out. I was just, I was kind of done with it. So I was there very briefly left after a semester and then uh, went to Houston after that, just as a student. So you met Campbell at Houston and then what were you doing uh, from your post Houston to coming to Austin P Morningside? Is that where you were at NAI? Right. So graduated from University of Houston, uh, December 2018. So got my degree, degree there in exercise science. So from there, um, I was then out of school, done with my internship, um, just looking for a job. So I went, um, didn't know anybody at Morningside, just a, a kind of cold applied for the job and I got it. And I was, I basically, I started there at the end of January, the beginning of February. And then I was only there for a few months. I worked through, I believe just uh, February and March and then a little bit of April. And then I came straight here from there. So I was only there two, three months. Within AI, it's probably a little bit different in terms of resources and what you're able to do compare and contrast that to what you can do at Austin B. Right. So you have to be relatively creative in a small setting like that. 
So, I mean, even here, we complain sometimes that we don't have some of the stuff that, that we want, like we, like we had at Houston and, and some other big schools have access to that we don't have here. And then it's even, even more so like that at a place like Morningside that has, we have here, we have 14 racks. Morningside has four double-sided racks in a small room and you're trying to lift uh, 60 kids at a time in, in a room like that. So you just have to be really, uh, really creative with your programming and coming up with different ways to get a lot of work done uh, your allotted period of time. How many ACL tears have you endured? Three, three full ACL tears. That is a lot. How, <laughs> what keeps you coming back? Well, um, really it was, so it was all, it was all earlier in my life. So first one, um, I believe was seventh grade, seventh grade. So I missed my eighth grade year of football, came back freshman year, uh, toured again freshman year, early enough in the year where I played sophomore year and then toured again sophomore year of high school on the other leg that hadn't been torn yet. So two on the right, one on the left, and then somehow I made it through two more years uh high school football after that but I was that was probably another one of the reasons I was kind of just done with it when I got to college you're a Houston area guy so you're a Texans fan right unfortunately so how's that going right now not great not great at all they need to keep my guy uh, Deshaun Watson happy do whatever he needs I understand that in amongst the sport performance group you're the big lifter you're the hate to use this term, but you're the meathead. Would right. you care to address that? Listen, I'm, I'm fine with being called a meathead. I'm, I'm all about it. Um, I've been doing powerlifting stuff uh, probably the past eight, nine years. Um, so I've kind of stayed along with it. That's kind of my, my shtick, just the, the strong guy. Uh, maybe that's because everybody else on staff just isn't all that strong, but kind of is what it is I'm all about it I'm all about uh being addressed as that usually I don't have guest questions but Disney told me that I had to ask you what it's like to squat 700 pounds but not be able to tie your shoes so with that he's been coming uh been coming at me for a while with that one but um so basically I try to not bend down and tie my shoes as much as possible because you know low back pain and all that good stuff from lifting heavy all the time. So I just slip them on every morning. But funny, funny enough, Disney is probably the most fragile one uh, in the office, for sure. For sure. Not, not really? even close. He uh, blew his, uh, I guess he tweaked his neck, pressing like 100 pounds over his head in his, in his driveway. So now he's been out of commission for a while now. How is the role of the strength coach and the sport performance coach has changed just in the brief amount of time that you've been in it. Like th your world has moved really, really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially with COVID and everything going on right now, it's just every, every month you do, you go through something else that you never, you never thought you'd see or that you'd have to deal with. So it's, you really have to be able to adjust kind of on the fly. I mean, you're adjusting all the time to right now with, kids being quarantined and adjusting lifts to keep everybody as far apart as possible or say you have 
half the team is back, half the team hasn't been doing anything, and they're just coming off of Corona. So you just have to be really smart um, with your teams right now. How do you resist the urge to throw them straight back into the fire? Because, you know, you have a very brief amount of time, like with football right. season starting in barely a month. Right, absolutely. And it, it is hard, and you have to – and I'm sure the sport coaches deal with the same kind of issues that we do is especially with um, I know football being different uh, being in the spring right now, but especially with like baseball and softball, the other teams I work with is they have, you know, six, seven weeks off um, prior to playing in four to five weeks as soon as you get back on campus. So it's hard to not want to throw them straight back into things and just assume that they did everything you asked of them over break. And you just, you definitely have to play. Um, that safer side instead of just throwing them right back into it, but just a slow progression and just get as much as you can in before the season. You've worked now with a few different football coaching staffs. How have you adapted and how have you guys in the sport performance room adapted to the different needs? Because everybody, when a, a new voice takes over, they had their own way of wanting to do things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's definitely been been good working for um, Coach Walden right now. He's a very high energy guy. Um, he he coaches. I mean, he's one of the hardest coaches I've ever seen. It's just he he coaches every single rep, um, and he runs a different a different kind of style of um, offense than what we're used to doing here. So that being said, it's like some of the demands are even even though it's the same sport, it's still um, especially on the offensive end, the demands are even a little different than what some of our guys are used to. So training even looks a little more different than it has in the past for our guys. Justin, what is your favorite word? Favorite word. I'm going to go meathead and just go uh, strength. What is your least favorite word? CrossFit. Who or what inspires you? Um, I would say my dad definitely inspires me. He's actually a avid listener of, of the podcast, listens to everyone. So he's really? a huge he's a huge Austin P fan ever since ever since I've been here. So he he loves loves you guys, loves the podcast. So shout out to him. But he definitely inspires me. And um he's kind of he was he was a coach, a high school coach, and he's kind of guided me on that path of um of that coaching career. What is the last book you read for fun? Um it was a Louis Simmons book, a West Side Book of Methods. What is your worst habit? Worst habit probably is just laying in bed too long in the morning, you know, trying to, it's hard getting here at five or six o'clock every single day, but setting an alarm for like four o'clock, even though I don't have to be out of bed till like 4.30, just so I can snooze it a couple times. What app on your phone gets the most use? Twitter. What's the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? I would say a few years back when we had, um, that big hurricane in Houston, Hurricane Harvey. Uh, we were, it was actually the night of the uh, McGregor Mayweather fight. So we were all at my, all at my buddy's house hanging out, uh, watching the fight. And then all of a sudden we tried like ready to leave, go back home and water's like up to, up to your knees when you walk out of the door. So I was trying not to not get stuck there and drive like 10 minutes back to my house. But so while we were driving, the water was coming up so fast. I thought I was going to get like trapped in my truck. So I was ended up driving like with my door, like cracked open on the, on the side of the road, like trying to get home. I ended up having to leave it there. 
What is your idea of happiness? Happiness, I'd say, is just doing something, doing something you love every single day. What's your idea of misery? Misery, not being an Austin P. Governor. What makes you self-conscious? Um, I'm like a little crooked, like especially like when I squat and bench and stuff. Like my right foot is like turned out when I'm just standing straight. So Disney lets me hear it that I'm cockeyed all the time when I lift. What's the most embarrassing song you love? Probably uh, "Closer" by the Chainsmokers. How would you prefer to die? Fiery car explosion. Just going a hundred nice. straight straight into the side of the road. Nice one. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as, and why? Uh, I'm gonna go with a a grizz like a grizzly bear, just big, big and fast, climb trees, all that good stuff. What might prompt you to lie? Uh, if I'm trying to have the night in my apartment and don't want to see anybody. What makes you hopeful? Hopeful just that um, every day is a new opportunity and every day you have an infinite amount of decisions that you can do whatever you want with. What is our purpose in life? I have not a clue. Not a clue what it is. I will happily let you know when I figure it all out. Regardless of who it is, what is one question you'd ask our next guest? Uh, oh, let's see. Um, who would win in a fight, let's say, between a, let's go like orangutan and a jaguar? That is a real reach versus speed versus power who who do you have in that matchup orangutan seven out of ten times just from the pure power standpoint yeah, i can't can't let them get in close last week cody Esky asked why do you do what you do um really it's you build a like i like all the relationships i've built just from being a coach like i said i've only really been in it for about two two three years now so, and I've made, you know, hun already met hundreds of people and people that I'll remember for the rest of my life and being able to still be around, still be around sport and, and athletes and um, a division one program. It's just, um, it's a great spot. What's the future hold for you, do you reckon? Um, hopefully I'm still doing what I'm doing, um, whether that's, uh, whether that's here or progressing to another, another school, uh, maybe like a bigger school and being the head guy of a, of a football team, but hopefully I'm, I'm still doing some sort of strength conditioning work. Well, as long as you're here, we're pleased to have you pleased with all the work that you guys do down there. Y'all are a, y'all are a cool group. It's been fun getting to talk Absolutely. to you guys. <laughs> uh, Justin, I appreciate so much you taking a few minutes out of your day today. Of course, thanks for having me. Thanks to Justin Lowe for coming on, giving us a few 
minutes out of his day, giving us a deeper look at the Austin Beast Sport Performance Program. As we turn ahead to this week, men's basketball kicking off three straight weeks of three games a week, cranking up Belmont Thursday night under the bright lights of ESPNU, Tennessee State Saturday, off to SIU Edwardsville on Monday. Be a fun trip for you. No, no, it won't. Oh, well, oh, well. I've, you going out the day before? I don't know. I okay. think so. Okay. I think so. I don't. It's, don't a two, it's a 2 o'clock start, so I assume we're not going to leave day off. No, there's no way. It sucks that it's a 2 o'clock start, but also that means we get home at a reasonable hour. Yeah. Day, and I'll take that. Yeah, and that's fair trade. Uh, big game tonight. Very big game tonight. It'll be fun. ESPNU. 7.30, 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Boy. 8, eight o'clock on the U. The U. Can't wait. Guns, Bruins, big one. Terry Taylor, time to shine. Terry Taylor, time to put Nick Mazinski in the chamber again. <laughs> Nick Mazinski in trouble. Put him in the put him in the put him in a box. Just I I you'd never hear him say it. I think that before last year, when people were like, "Oh, Terry Mazinski, the clear top two, but who's better?" I think Terry took that personally. I, I think that was the living embodiment of the Jordan took that personally thing and i took that part i mean boy he he just musinski didn't do anything against him last year and terry did whatever he wanted 2020 i mean that was the that was the game last year he was get, i've never seen terry get that intense but that road belmont game last year which was the last time they played him right mm-hmm. yeah we'd already played him at home boy terry, terry put up 20 racks he i've never seen him dunk that aggressively so many times like he was his goal was to dunk and embarrass people that day. And he did it a bunch. And he did it a bunch. Because usually he'd just, he'll just flip it up from that little baby hook over the top of everybody and just call it a day. No, he was attacking the rim. He had that. He, 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 yeah. he reached deep into the bag for some moves that day. He, like, he's, like, it's like LeBron when he's like, I don't do those big dunks anymore because they t- wear on my body. Terry's like, I saved them all for that day. It'd be fun if he did tonight on ESPN. You put on a show for be. the fans. Sure would be. Women's basketball weekend, bit of flux right now. Yeah, the tonight's game against Belmont postponed. Uh, some COVID nineteen related issues. Um, wait and see on Saturday. Hopefully, we get back on the court. Hopefully, we can get back at it next week. If that's not the case, and uh, hope that everyone on the women's basketball team is healthy or getting healthy. Back on the court this week as well. Men's tennis starting off this weekend. Yeah, men's tennis team going to go up to Evansville to host Lipscomb. Yes. Yes, makes sense. Uh, Lipscomb, season opener for them, so don't know much about what they've got going on down there. Then Sunday the men are going to travel to Middle Tennessee, who is always a tough men's tennis program. Um, but, hey, the Govs have the number 10 player in the OVC and Christian Edinson, so hopefully he can lead the Governors and maybe pull off a little bit of an upset down there in Murfreesboro. Three Govs in the women's top 10 as well. Uh, you could almost say there was a snub. I, I would definitely say there was a snub. Fabian Schmidt moved from number two to number one on the list this year, jumping a girl from Eastern Illinois whose name I will not try to pronounce. Um, I won't call that one the snub. No, it's. I think it's impressive. I think it shows how good Fabi is that she jumped a girl when they're both in the league and they only played like 15 matches last year. Like People were like, oh, yeah, we, we made a mistake there because um, she's clearly the best player in the OVC, and we will broker no arguments about that. Number five on the list, Daniela Morris, number six last year, number five this year. I mean, she's probably the number one on most teams in this league if she's not playing behind Fabi. Yep. And then Yana Leader, who we only saw for 12 or so matches last year, and she was quite dominant in her singles play. Number seven? Number seven on the list this year. Um, last year's number nine? 
No, she was not on the list last year because she no, joined no, no, the no, good no. list. I was talking about Martina. Oh, yeah. Well, Yana, I'm saying, I was going to say, we could see her move up this list quickly in the coming years. Oh, yes. And then Martina, who was number nine or number ten on last year's list, left Snub off. Snub. And I'll tell you who has a problem with it. PCAST LLC. We I'm, are, uh, I'm not okay with that. Look, I, I get I, I get understand we had three. Yeah. We had more than anybody else in the league. But listen. Don't put an inferior player in, in front of our superior player because you don't like that we're don't, better. Don't hate that we're better than you at women's tennis. We have four of the ten best players in the league. I'll, I'll put it down right now. Martina should be on that list. And, you know, maybe we should have more. Until someone in this conference wants to beat us for the first time since 2018 or, or – not they didn't beat us last year because we didn't play them. They didn't beat us in 2018-19. So 2017-18 was the last time anybody in this league beat us. So when you guys do that, then you can tell us we don't have four of the best players in the league. We'll wrap it up this week by commenting on the passing of Henry Aaron, the Atlanta Braves great, who, for my money, officially owns the Major League Baseball home run record. Uh, Henry Aaron competed with grace and class and civility at a time when uh, – Black people were treated pretty poorly in this country. And uh, he broke Babe Ruth's home run record with death threats hanging over him and his family. And I think that's something that we should probably remember when we talk about his legacy. I think I told you the other day, my favorite thing when looking up Hank Aaron's stats wasn't just the, the incredible explosion of 70 home runs in a season, 50 home runs. You could just pencil him in for 37 and 35 to 45 and 120 RBIs every year for 20 with years. The rising and setting of the sun. I mean, the the guys that are at the top of the Major League Baseball home run list, most of them have just an area like a three or four year stretch where it's just 60, 60, 60, 50, 70. No, 37, 40, about 40 bombs a year, 120 RBIs. I mean, this guy was, I mean, as as consistent as the rising tide. Like, I mean, there's. It was just he, he was going to make it happen, and it was going to be almost unnoticeable, except for the part where people looked up in the mid seventies, like oh, holy crap, Hank Aaron may break break through the home think, run record. I do think my favorite stat I keep hearing is that if you take away, I mean, I knew it before this, but if you took away all of his home runs, he still has three thousand hits. Yep, which is awesome. Well, I I remember something where if you took away like one hundred and twenty of his home runs, he still has the all time total bases record. I saw one that he has the all time total bases record. By 12.3 miles worth of total basis. Wow, that's a yeah, good one, too. that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it is. Haley Meyer is who you get in contact with for all your community service stuff around Austin P. And be on the lookout in your email each week for Ryan Combs' updates on seminars and other things for you as our student-athletes to enjoy. You know what everybody that's not just our student-athletes can do? Uh, oh, boy. Lots of things. Yeah, I was going to say, that runs a spectrum. Well, but they could uh, they could also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Let's Go P, or you can follow along on our official Facebook account called Austin P. Governors. Uh, shout out to our friend Robin for all the awesome videos she's putting out on those, and our, 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 our colleague Eric is also doing some things. Our buddy. He's our buddy. Let's Go P.com for dates, news, and stories. Casey Cody Bush and myself got stuff over there all the time, and especially now because everything is cranking up once more again. Hey, uh. A lot of sport events happening. You know what you're going to need? Tickets? You're going to need a ticket. How do you get those tickets? You get in contact with our ticket gurus, Katie Locke and her assistant, Johnny Chan. They have all the information you can use to get in the game. But if you want to get in contact with Katie, it's going to have to be quick because uh, this week we say goodbye to our great friend of the podcast, Katie Locke, as she leaves us to embark on a new adventure in her life. We will miss her, our man Stephen, and their puppy dog, Pat. We're very excited for her as she starts her next chapter. 
Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating review on the podcast, five stars, five stars. And if you want to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event. We shout out debate fictional Hall of Fame ballots with us. Tweet us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at C underscore Craig19. Love yourself. Love each other. Shout out Joe's dad. Talk to you next week. And with over 42 of the majority votes, it goes to Cheeky and... You know you kind of cute with the ball head. Got a little booty in the ball maze. You know how to move with them long legs. Bring a little crew, we can all rage on. The Tesla ride smooth and the PCH. I think that I like it with the makeup on. I know that she used to all the cheapskates. But I just want the ball, show off, show off. I ain't never put my jewels on. Jews